When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Calls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. That's Jackie. Yes. Introduce us from now. I don't, we never say our names at the beginning of the show. Okay. Hi. Hey. I'm Jackie. I don't, I don't know. I've talked to you guys for over a hundred episodes now. If you don't know my voice, get the fuck out. Wow. Okay. That's aggressive. I'm sorry. I love you. Come back. Come back in the room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's just, she doesn't mean that. She had a bad day. And I'm Marissa. And, and we're the Jersey Ghouls. And I think we should say that every time. Like, that's professional. Yeah. We'll work with that. We'll start introducing ourselves. We recently were on the Horror Movie Night live stream the day before Halloween. So if we've got any new listeners from that, welcome. Right. Welcome. Um, <laughs> welcome. Right. So I got to tell you, this since this episode is coming out right after we record it, what a fucking dumpster fire the world is, huh, Jackie? I know, right? It's fun and it's not yeah. stressful. And it's just, you know, it's just rainbow unicorn shits and everything. I think that if I come out of this an alcoholic, I blame the world, not myself. Yeah, no, I don't think it's your fault. I don't think, I, I, I don't, I, it, I, we are on, and it's, we are at the end of, and we still have no president and um, my nerves can't handle it anymore (laughs) you know and it's one of those things where it's just like you never know what kind of bullshit's gonna happen so as much as I want to have some confidence and like that glimmer of hope me too I'm afraid to I'm like afraid to be like guys I think it's gonna be okay something will happen and it won't be okay anymore that 2016 and then I went to bed and the next morning I woke up and Trump was president who thought who went to bed that night thinking that Trump was going to be president so you know it's funny I went to bed and he was slightly in the lead and I was like no way and like ever since then I've, I've learned a really hard lesson about never never saying never and and right now we are holding our breath I have a little bottle of vodka that I'm saving to hopefully celebrate or just bash myself over the head with whatever mm-hmm. happens and uh you know I don't want to I don't want to get political I feel like people come to this stuff to escape from that shit but you know it's it's tough and we're all in this together and we got to kind of hold our breath and 
hope for the best and we will get that evil monster out of the white house for good and i don't give a fuck if you at this point nobody who fucking is a trump fan listens to this podcast yeah i was gonna say i don't think we have any trump supporters that listen or, uh, just fucking go ahead and delete me because fuck you <laughs> is how i feel <laughs> yeah you know what I, i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going on this conversation for just a couple more seconds i think the thing that well no i think i truly think the thing that just breaks my heart the most is how many people i know personally that that voted for Trump and it's tough to see those people now in the same light that I saw before all this you know like I I, I don't I don't get it like I I don't know I have I have no words for a man that told a white supremacist group to stand by like there's nothing you can tell me about him I don't care if he himself got into the lab and cured cancer I would still tell you that he told a white supremacist group to stand by. Like, there's nothing you can do. You know what? Just Hitler was Hitler was great with kids, but he was also still Hitler. So that goes out the window. Like, there's nothing you can tell me that he did in a positive way that I won't retort you with. But he also told a white supremacist group to stand by. Yeah, no, Jackie, I'm proud of you. I'm right there with you. I don't. I'm at a point where I cannot excuse anyone for supporting him and. I actually just had this conversation today with someone who was like, well, my friends are Trump supporters. What am I supposed to do? And I was like, they're going to fucking stab you in the back when they have a chance. So good luck. And when they fucking all do whatever they're going to do, when he, if and God hope he loses, you know, then then you can you can come and talk to me because I just at this point, this man is a, just an abomination to our democracy an embarrassment to everything we should stand for as human beings. And the fact that this election is this close has broken my heart in a way that I can't even fully explain to anyone who doesn't like I feel like my liberal friends all are like patting me on the head and being like oh sweet baby angel I can't believe you're surprised but I am surprised I truly more people would say we do not stand for racism we do not stand for misogyny we do not stand for this hate monger but no people are so afraid to go against their party lines that they're willing to align themselves with a monster there there are people that I love very much that have voted for Trump. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, I don't love them anymore because I will, I will still love them. Sure. But it's, it's just tough to know that our personal beliefs are on such different ends of the spectrum. And I think that's where, I think that's where my, my heartbreak comes from is because I love these people, but it's just insane to me to think that we don't think the same way on the most basic human rights yeah on on the definition of being a decent human being I know and it's and I'm not gonna you know like I'm not gonna say one way or the other I just I'm I'm fortunate that my immediate family like my little circle are all like-minded and and beyond that I don't I don't know that I don't know I don't know I don't know anything anymore, but I get you. Yeah. I think that it, it, you know, like while tolerance and ability to communicate with each other is so important when people are literally losing basic human rights, I, I, I don't, I don't have anything left to say for, to defend these people anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like I said, I'm just heartbroken at the idea that so many people would still vote for him. It just speaks volumes to me about every worst fear about them, them all. And yeah, so here we are. But let's let's do what we do, which is to to hell with the real world and live in our fantasy world of horror. Um, what are you watching these days? I'm I'm curious. I am. Oh, you know what? So I've been so for actually two months in a day because I looked. I went back and I looked. So for the past two months in a day, 
I have been on my journey watching the X-Files. You I on a journey. I, my journey. This is my this is my truth. This is my journey. Um this is the way. No. <laughs> so I mean throughout the years when it was actually on the air, I watched the X-Files from time to time. You know, I would catch an episode here and there. I definitely knew some episodes. I knew enough to know who like the smoking man was and the lone gunman. Like I knew enough, but I had never sat down to watch it. I have never watched it from start to finish. So it was September. And I just happened to be like, let's watch the X-Files. I'm at work on Fridays at work. I'm the only one in the office for a couple hours. I just kind of do some cleanup stuff, a little bit of filing. So I generally will put on Hulu or Netflix to kind of like make the day go. And yeah, flipping through Hulu, trying to find something to watch. And I was like, huh, the X-Files. So I have been on my journey. Um, I will say that I am now in the final season. I've watched all the seasons in order. I also have watched the two movies in, in like the appropriate timeline. I've watched the two movies. I'm currently in the last season. Uh, the last season only has 10 episodes and I believe I'm about to start episode five. So, so you're almost there, dude. Um, You know what though? But it's tough because it's like, like when it's done, it's done. It's done. And I'm like, well, do I just like restart the series again? Cause I'm sorry. I can't live without, I can't live without Scully and Mulder. Um, yeah. Like it's been, it's been fantastic. Like I have loved, there's, there's very few episodes where I'm like, this one's kind of boring or like one of those one-off episodes, you know, that doesn't really kind of go with the arc. Um, but there have been some, there have been some absolutely amazing episodes. This is a series that has like quickly, climbed into like this is in my top five all-time favorite shows i mean like it's fantastic so full disclosure i'm eating candy cigarettes <laughs> i've noticed this um we went to the boardwalk it's it's uncannily warm we went down the shore this weekend hey, good down the like typical jersey girls do uh i took the girls down the shore and we went to the candy shop that has all the weird random and i bought candy cigarettes which is actually really helping with my anxiety over the election shit. So I'm just going to dangle it in my mouth. Like, Yeah, no, I've noticed. Don't mind me. No, <laughs> no. Candy cigarettes, like I'm eight years old again. You got to like hang it off your lip like fucking Madge. Okay. You know, like you're a waitress in a diner. If you're not doing anything instructive, Jackie. <laughs> Run into the living room and get my stogies. My candy stogies. <laughs> I can't believe they sell these. I thought that these would have been banned by now. Um yeah, no, X-Files is awesome. I grew up on X-Files. I was a giant X-Files dork. As you know, I, I dreamt of being in the uh, FBI when I was a young, oh, sweet little baby angel Marissa. But uh, yeah, it's a good show. I'm surprised she didn't think it jumped the shark. I, I kind of at the end there was like, I'm over this. You know what? I was prepared for it um, because and I don't want to spoil too much, you know, how I am when I don't want to spoil 20-year-old television shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know but no like there is a season where Mulder really isn't a part of it and they bring two new agents in um played by Robert Patrick and Annabeth Gish Gish who I you know I really enjoy both of them um I was really worried about Robert Patrick because I really only know him from Terminator 2 like he's like that's really all I know him from so when he came in with this I'm like oh, I don't know what's this guy like and I hardcore fell in love with him like I thought he was fantastic I will say that um A.D. Skinner is my he's in my heart of hearts I love A.D. Skinner Flemmy or whatever what's his name 
name in real life? Like Mitch, Mitch something. Pleggy or Pelegi or something. Pelegi, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's my jam. I love Skinner. He's my jam. And then especially in the new episode or the new seasons that came out in 2016 and 2018, he's like all gruff. He's got a beard. And I'm like, you know what, Skinner? Why don't you come hang out with me? Let me touch your butt. <laughs> I, um, you know, it's funny. One of my fondest X-File dork memories, besides having literally every poster in my room, I had the trading cards. I had the literal Barbie dolls of, of Scully and Mulder. Fun fact, I was the geekiest you could come by. Um, I once wore my I want to believe t-shirt to school and it was one of the very rougher bullying moments of my life where somebody was like you're a weenie and like gave me a wedgie and you swirly and it's funny because I haven't thought about how hardcore I was x-files until you went through this binge and yeah I'm here for it I mean I'm glad you you like it I was obsessed with it when I was younger oh yeah oh no I'm already like perusing it. like now that I've seen it now I feel justified in wearing like an I want to believe shirt because you don't want to wear that shit and like not having really known the series. Like I, I've always thought it was cool and I'm like, I want one of them. But I'm like, I've also never really watched the x Like I couldn't justify it. Now, come at me. I'm justified. I want to get, oh, no, I want to believe hoodie. I've already got it on my wish list. So I hope Lola, who doesn't listen to my show, yep. mom, buy me that for Christmas. Um <laughs> I wish I would have kept mine. It probably still has blood on it from when I got beat up that day. Oh, that's <laughs> insane. That's insane. Who fucking does that? <laughs> oh, I got bullied so bad for being a nerd in the hood. Um, yeah, no. So so I have a movie recommendation for you. And I want you to okay. clear your schedule. And if you haven't mm. watched this yet, I need you to watch it immediately. Okay. What is it called? It's called Scare Me on Shudder. Oh, okay, I've seen... I've seen the flipping through Shutter. I've seen Scare Me. Okay, it's got the chick who plays Stormfront in The Boys. Which, if you have not watched The Boys, you need to watch that too. You guys, I do need to watch that. (gasps) I haven't watched it yet. Clear your schedule and watch The Boys, please. Boys. Okay, so watch The Boys. Watch Scare Me. And once you're obsessed with the chick from The Boys, uh, who plays Stormfront, then watch Scare Me. Scare Me was, for lack of a better term, so refreshing. What a great comedy horror. Uh, do yourself a favor and join the the uh, the Aya Cash trade because she is so fucking funny in this movie. She is just incredibly talented. I, I think I posted this, but I don't know if you saw it. I was like, I want her to be in every movie ever made from now on. Like, that's how much I... Wow, okay. And Scare Me is just funny and, and clever and, like, it's about two writers. And so it's, like, right up my alley. It's, like, two horror writers trying to outdo each other. And it's just... It's awesome. It's it's hysterical. And the way that they they each tell each other stories, you'll like it because it's got like that Mary Shelley vibe. They're telling each other horror stories. And as they're telling them the way they do the special effects of the movie to make it, their stories come to life, it's just so clever. I cannot gush enough about this movie. Okay. I recommend it. Yeah. So clear we'll if you haven't seen it, scare me. We should cover it on the show soon. Okay. Um, the other thing I've decided to do is in honor of uh, Dexter coming back. I've been binging Dexter again. Nice. Yeah, um, Matt and I just started. And uh, I've also been, uh, I'm still in the throes of my binge of the West Wing. I need to start the West Wing. Have you watched Dexter before? You've seen Dexter all the way? Okay. Yeah, no, you know what? I I thought about doing that when I saw Dexter was coming back. But part of me is just like, you know, I've watched that series. I watched it when it came out. Like that was one of the few shows that I sat down every Sunday night and I watched that show. Since then, I think I've probably watched the whole season 
twice, I think three times in total. I've watched that series from start to finish. I don't know that I want to do it again. Like there are some seasons that are real rough. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I want to binge it again. Generally, I'll, you know, maybe I'll go through and pick and choose. I'll probably suffer through that last season just to kind of like recap myself. Yeah, I know. Um, but I don't know that I, you know, but Dexter, I mean, I, I really did like Dexter a lot. I actually have all the books in the series, in the Dexter series. No, they're good. They're, they're short reads. They're not very long reads at all. So they're like good fun to zip through. Like those are like, those are like the, the, the beach vacation books where you like bring a couple of them. And then like in your week's vacation, when you're sitting on the beach, you'll get through all the books. Like they're not long at all. Um, but yeah, West Wing is on my list. Who, who AJ, AJ was talking about the West Wing. Oh my God. And my. he, I, I said, I'm like, you know, I have never seen it before. And when he told me, and I didn't know this, or maybe I did and I just forgot. Um, what's his name? Sork, Aaron Sorkin. Is that his name? Um, he wrote Newsroom, mm-hmm. which is another one of my like top shows. I love Newsroom. So I'm like, you know what? I, I can only imagine that. West Wing is 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 just as good. It is in- incredible, and I have to say, like, in some weird kind of way, it's like my 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 uh, Linus blanket through this like political upheaval. Because on the show, all of the characters are just so morally upright, and like they almost remind me of a, a time that probably never existed in politics, but I like to imagine existed, where like there was decorum and there was like you know, people were, were, were polite and like, you know, like, I don't know. It's just the, the Martin Sheen's president is so good. Like he's just a good human being and like all of his staff. And like, I just, I love the show. It makes me so, it makes me feel so much better compared to like what the dumpster fire reality of our, like, yeah. of our, you know, who else I think, I think uh, our friend, Adam, who, who posts a lot on, on Jersey ghouls, Adam Casey, Fans? he's, I'm, I'm, I know for a fact. Yeah. I've seen him post about West wing as well. So excited. Yeah newsroom when i'm done yeah it's slow going though because it's like my watch it at lunch show and like, yeah it when there's like when i can like steal 10 minutes because nobody else wants to watch it with me yeah um i figured we'd do a little bit of a like check-in yeah episode. um i'm still um still trudging through a book that i've been trying to read for like a year now um house of darkness house of light which is the book based on the conjuring right well no it's not uh, let me rephrase that it's not based on the conjuring the book is written by one of the children that the conjuring story was based on um and it's not that it's a bad book i just suffer from bookwormitis where there are like seven different books on my nightstand right now and also it was october so generally in October, I will reread The Exorcist for the millionth time because it's my hands down favorite book ever. Um, I always read The Legend of Sleepy Hollow in October. Um, and because of Analog Jones, what's up, Matt and Steve, I read the Amityville Horror because they were doing their entire month of Amityville Horror movies. So in the first episode, they talked about the book and I know I read it years ago. Um, but it's been it's been a hot minute. So yeah, um, pretty much everything on my nightstand has been ignored because of my like October reads. Also, in my growing X Files fandom, I found out that uh, the Smoking Man wrote a book. He wrote a memoir 
So I was like, let me see if it's available. And it was, and I had some Amazon points. So I downloaded his book on my Kindle. I haven't started it yet, but it's there. So a, a, a book as the smoking man or as- Oh, no, no, no. It's just, it's the actor, uh, William Davis. It's kind of like his memoirs. That's interesting. But I think like it heavily focuses like around, you know, well, I mean, he got famous. Well, no, it wasn't that he wasn't famous before, but he got known for the X-Files. So I think it like- there's like some behind the scenes stuff and I don't know, it's his memoir. And I'm as villainous as the smoking man was on X on the X-Files. He's another one up there with Skinner. Like I just ate up his storylines. They were so fantastic. He was one of those villains where I was like, oh, but I'm rooting for you. I know it was as much as you hated him. You couldn't help but I loved the, the lone gunman always had my heart too. Like I just adored those, those little miscreants. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying I'm, I'm I fall victim to the same thing where I have like a stack on my nightstand and then sometimes I don't commit I'm reading uh the living dead the George Romero book that he mm. he partially wrote before he died and I gotta tell you I am thrilled with it only because I, I and I don't know if it's him or the guy who he co-wrote it with that really deserves the credit for this but the imagery in this book is phenomenal like just like the way he describes the scenes and what I, of course, in true George Romero style, um, the other thing I absolutely love about it is that it's so thematically relevant. Daniel Cross is the guy who wrote it with, and maybe it's Daniel Cross, maybe it's Romero, but I like to think it's Romero just because I'm a sucker for him. But the way, the way the political stuff is written in this book, and it's all about like how we deserve our own end because we're just the fucking worst. And it, like it te- it weaves together like a family in a trailer park a news ca- like a newsroom and like a military ship right now and they're all just woven together in these these like in the throes of the early days of the like what what I would assume would be like somewhere around like you know the the night before night of the living dead happened only if it happens today and i love it i just i love it so much only because a it makes it makes me nostalgic for Romero and B I just love the political commentary of like in this moment just being like wow people suck and we deserve everything we get yeah <laughs> um so that's what I'm reading right now the other thing I'm reading right now is uh geez what is it it's so good I can't even remember what it is uh, I don't know must not be worth mentioning right. <laughs> um so we do have a movie so I have a dream Jackie mm-hmm that we will spend most of November, December, but deep in Christmas horror movies. I want to really commit to really diving in. And so I thought today was the perfect day since everybody's putting their trees up early. We need a little Christmas right this very minute. <laughs> um, we need to spread the Christmas cheer just like Buddy the Elf. I think we should start today by reviewing a movie that I meant to watch for the past year, but now that it's free, I'm really glad I didn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, if it's okay with you, I'd like to dive right in and talk about Black Christmas 2019. And and okay. this is just, you're going to wet your whistle today. Yeah. But a sprinkle of Christmas. It's like, you know, when you eat that very first, like you mean that candy cane, just the very first one, you're like, man, I love Christmas time. That's what this is. This is just a morsel. And then I'm going to like the elf on the shelf. I'm going to leave sprinkles all through November for them. And then come December. Oh, boy. I tell you what, ghouls, you've been nice this year. And you're going to be treated accordingly. 
Or- so my my first so okay so we so we watched Black Christmas 2019. My first question for you, Marissa. Oh, I'm excited. Here we go. I have questions for you too. Okay. Um, how are you going to give me back that hour and 33 minutes of my life? <laughs> no, I won't. And I'll keep taking more of your- No, you should. You should. I I, I need an IOU you for on. that hour and 33 minutes of my life. You need to repay me. I need I need some sort of repayment. You're never going to get that time back. And in fact, now I'm going to make you waste another 30 minutes of your life talking about the movie that you hated. So guess you didn't like it. Huh? That's a thumbs down over there. That's that's two big thumbs down. Wow. Two, two emphatic, pump like the- Andre the Giant sized hands. Ooh. Thumbs down. All right. Well, pump the brakes over there. So, okay. It was just completely no good for you. I thought that, okay. Okay. So I, so this is the third, the second remake of the classic Black Christmas. I would take the first remake of Black Christmas over this any day of the week. Um, I think aside from the fact that it was poorly acted, the the story it was the, the script was poorly written. You said like it was. Oops, is it a good actress? No, I thought they were bad actresses. She was. Bad. I thought. Whoa, whoa! The chick who played uh, the Chris. I like Chris. Chris. Uh, uh, I think Alessi Shannon. She was all right. I thought it was poorly acted. I thought the script. I thought the story made no sense. It was dumb. It made me so angry that they were riding on the title Black Christmas. Like, really, just call it like sorority Christmas, but stupid town. Like, I don't know. Like it, it just, it made me angry. And then like, I don't know. I just don't like when a movie, you know, is so on the nose. Like really, they just shoved, they just, they just, they shoved feminism down your throat, like a fucking combat boot wrapped in a Lilith Fair shirt. Like they, they were just like, feminism, feminism, my vagina patriarchy. I'm like, we get it. You want to make a good movie, like a feminist movie? Go back and watch the original fucking Black Christmas because that's how you do it. You don't make a feminist movie by being like, feminism, guys, but wait, feminism, guys, guys, this plot's going on, but feminism, like, that makes you look desperate and stupid. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it just, it just, it made them look so ridiculous. Jackie, you should tell us what you really think, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump the brakes here a little bit. Okay. So this movie, first of all, has is a Blumhouse film, for better or worse. It was directed and written by uh, a girl, Sophia Takal, and she also, fun fact, to write this film, she asked a podcasting horror chick to help her. And that girl is April Wolf, and she's, I think it was like Pod Slasher or something like that, but she's in a pretty well-known horror podcast. So I thought I was here for them in that way. I don't disagree with you that this movie really fucking mixed, this is a lot of the marks it takes. I also think it literally slaps you on the face with mm-hmm. the feminism shit, which again, I, I, you know me, and you know I'm a huge fan of anything that's feminist, but here's why I hated what it did in this movie. Because right now, we're in this weird moment where... I worry that feminism as, as a movement, as an act, as a, as a rebellion against the patriarchy is kind of turning into a hot commodity. Like, mm-hmm. um, like it's almost becoming trendy. And while that's on one hand a good thing, 
for like us to have a, it be a commodity, like they're selling feminism, right? And, that, and it seems to sell right now. Like people love buying their RBG shirts. And on one hand, that's great because RBG was the bomb. And I love that feminism is catching on and not a dirty word. But on the other hand, it's like, you're miss, you're kind of fucking missing the point. Like, and, and this is what I said to you before we started. It's like this movie got up to bat, took a giant awesome swing, but then like missed the fence by like a hundred feet. Because at the end of the day, like the issue with this film that I took the most, that I found the most problematic was that it was trying to stand up to rape culture, but it did so in such ineffective and problematic ways. And I'll dive into that as we go through, as we talk a little bit more about the film. But all right, so let's let's just start at the beginning here. First of all, PG-13 slashers, yay or nay? That was one of my notes. You know, you can do a PG-13 slasher and still show a kill. Like- Happy death? So many of these kills you either didn't see or you saw for literally a second and then it cut away. There was the, you know, somebody got hit in the in the stomach with like a hatchet and like, you didn't you the the frame of the shot was from the waist up like you didn't even see the physical impact you just saw her react like it was so frustrating that that so many kills weren't shown or like i said like there was a kill where somebody got strangled and you saw the christmas lights go around their neck and then boom that was it they cut the scene and then later on we see her dead body and it just, it's sitting out there and like, it does, it was so frustrating. Like it could have been a PG. The, the bow and arrow seemed a little bit absurd to me too. Like the fact that all of a sudden this guy was like fucking Robin Hood, all these mm-hmm. were, and I know that they took on. So the first thing I'm going to say is I hated the Supernaturals twist on it. I really did. Yeah. Um, I thought this idea, so, okay. So you're right. I think there you can do PG-13 well. Drag Me to Hell is a great example of a great PG-13. Poltergeist is a great yeah. example. Fucking Gremlins had more gore than this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. It, it cut away in all the wrong moments. And, and, you know, you're a little bit more of a fan of slasher than I am. I can live without slashers. But, you know, you're right. It's just like I found myself being like, oh, that's that's it. Like, Yeah. Like, that. The other, so when it comes to like this movie as a reaction to Trump's America, right? I thought they did a good job with fucking around with some of like the, like, I feel like this was the push, the grab them by the pussy pushback because this film is really like they, they play off of like nasty women. Like they, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we're the good women. Like they have all of these kind of like sprinkled in tropes of feminism. And some of the lines were really poignant to me. Like I loved, you know, like I loved Chris, yet they portrayed her as like pushy and shoving her agenda down people's throats. Yeah. Like here's this character whom to me was really fighting the good fight, you know, trying to get the creepy professor fired, trying to, you know, get her friend who was, who was assaulted to like, you know, come out and be a fighter. And she's kind of portrayed to be like the, the, the annoying one, like the one that goes too far. And then here, so here's where this film did have me take pause okay and that is with cancel culture right because the whole the whole story hinges on it's almost like it's the women's fault right because mm-hmm. they have balls to cancel the statue of the guy right because chris and and whoever yeah. petition this the whatever his name was calvin oh uh calvin hawthorne thank you which actually at first i was slightly disappointed what's that 
whitey big white white right no here's the thing when when the movie started and i saw like at the beginning the one girl walks past the sign and it says hawthorne university or hawthorne college mm-hmm. my instant reaction was "Ooh, they're doing a play on like like hawthorne nathaniel hawthorne like the witches of salem and women being accused and like I thought that was the direction they were going to go with as far as like kind of the symbolism of Hawthorne. Well, it turns out it's like just some, well, yeah, like it's just some random guy named Calvin Hawthorne. I don't know if he's real or not, but yeah, it's like he was, you know, a slave owner and and, and the whole nine. And I had that thought that I'm like, the whole issue is they fought to get this, you know, racist symbol out of the college. But because they did that, that became their undoing. It's, it's crazy because it's almost like in a weird way they are totally blaming the women for everything mm-hmm. that happens to them. And so like for a movie that's touting itself to be so feminist and so woke, it's so freaking problematic that it makes me want to scream. My first yeah. thing is this idea of like cancel culture being the death of us. And I call bullshit on that for one reason. Now I know... I'm not a fan of cancel culture and you know this you know that I'm a fan of like Rosemary's Baby and you know I think that if the art exists you shouldn't get rid of it and all that blah 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 but statues are built to fucking memorialize and pay tribute to people why do we have to fucking have statues of scumbags I don't understand why people can't separate inappropriate cancel culture that endangers our evolution and our fucking artistic integrity as a human race versus taking down fucking statues of scumbags. There's a difference. Like we shouldn't have, just because Christopher Columbus was a scumbag and we don't want to celebrate him in a day, doesn't mean we're erasing him from history. And that's, it, it boggles my mind how few people can understand that distinction. So the first thing that annoyed me to no fucking end with this film was this insinuation that because they kind of were like, fuck you, take a statue of a misogynist, race, uh, you know, prejudiced, slave-owning motherfucker down, they somehow bought this upon themselves. Like, how dare they piss off the men so much? You Mm -hmm. know, like, and that pissed me the fuck off. Um, So, yeah, so, because, again, I just think there's a big difference between, can't like, erasing history, which I would never be in favor of. Right stopping this fucking worship of shitty white men you know what i mean like can we please just admit that people like this shouldn't have statues dedicated to them you want to keep the hawthorne co- even fine keep hawthorne college but do i really need a statue of a motherfucker no i don't and if i don't feel like i need that that doesn't mean i deserve to die from his ghost okay that's number one the other huge thing i had with this film okay i, I i'm gonna try to gently move this here because this is a tough subject for me to talk about but this film's portrayal of rape culture meant well but ultimately came out really fucking disgusting for me and here's why right like at the end there's the one girl who like kind of sold them out right the one her little sister in the sorority who says to them aren't you tired and one of the biggest i actually really liked that dialogue between riley and that girl was like aren't you tired don't you want to just go back to the way it was like yeah we are tired we are fucking exhausted anybody who's a feminist in america today is terrified we are fighting every day we are fighting against all of the anti-abortion stuff all of the fucking patriarchy all of the misogyny we are tired but we don't have the luxury to stop and i liked 
too like that yeah we're tired but too fucking bad i yeah. that message but here's where they lost me and here's why i can't get behind this movie the scene where he throws her on the ground and he's on top of her again and she starts flashing back to when he raped her right she then turns around overpowers him and smashes his head into the ground right mm-hmm. are we to take it that here's where that goes wrong a girl is raped it's not her fault she's in the same position again and she manages to overpower him and smash his head into the to the floor what are we trying to say there like you're basically victim blaming you're basically saying that had she had the wherewithal to fight him the first time she would have gotten away and i call fucking bullshit on that i call bullshit on that being her aha moment the fact she is pinned down again by her oppressor and she's able to overpower him the second time with some magical fucking strength basically posits that she could have overpowered him the first time if she tried i i agree because i had that same exact thought of like uh, you know how how honestly she did that and then you have a room full of women kicking the ass of all of those frat guys and i'm like you know what? I, I, I'm sorry. That won't happen. Like, unless you have the fucking women's rugby team in there, you know, up against the frat boys. Like, I am hard pressed to believe that they are going to overpower a room full of men. And I don't mean that. I, I just mean biologically, you know, young men are generally have more muscle mass. They are stronger. You know what I mean? Like, just. They did have weapons. They, the women walked in with like bats and shit. In their hands. That's true. They did have some, but the guys had the paddles I, and bows and arrows. Apparently, Robin Hood was there, which I, I kind of thought was funny that Carrie always played Robin Hood can we in talk- Men in Tights, and then they had the bow and arrow. Carrie always was in this movie. How have we not mentioned that yet? I know, I know, and I just I thought it was funny because he had there was the bow and arrow, and I'm like Robin Hood men tights. I would rather be watching that movie so much right now. I kind of see one of the notes I have is the yes to the end scene. I so here's my other big gripe about the rape culture problem in this film. And for the record, I, I am a strong advocate for the idea that we do exist in a rape culture. And what I mean by that is that certain actions, certain films, certain cultural norms make certain white males, and certain males, period, I probably shouldn't even say a race there, feel entitled or safe to commit these acts. And college campus is the biggest problem for us, right? We mm-hmm. see a, one in four women will get raped in college. One in four. I have two daughters. You can imagine how much that statistic terrifies me. This is our reality, and we need to fight this. But here's what, what bothered me, right? the song at the beginning it like mm-hmm. took so long to digest it because they for so her her friends force her to go up there which is in my opinion just a really dumb thing but also something you would do in college like let's be real if there's one thing we've learned about college marissa she was an asshole so i don't know that i would have had the wherewithal at age 19 to be like we shouldn't push her because this is going to trigger her her trauma mm-hmm. Oh, badly. Like, how could we expect her to do this? I I don't know that I would have that wherewithal. But when they get up there and she's so clearly traumatized and then they sing this song about being raped. At first, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, that's ballsy. They they went to the frat house and sang a song about being raped and got booed off the stage. Right. But the second it's over 
again, it's like that victim blaming where they're like, well, you shouldn't have done that. If you mm-hmm. didn't do that, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. That never really gets corrected. Like they fight and then they kind of make up in the midst of all being murdered. And then at the end, I guess we're to assume that, you know, Yaya sisterhood, they made it. But like those motherfuckers turned on each other and started blaming each other. And literally the, the narrative we were given was it's kind of their fault for, you know, canceling the statue for poking a stick at the bear with the song. Mm-hmm. Also, why are you going to dress up like sluts and sing a song about fucking rape? Like, is do we really think that's how we're going to get a seat at the table? Like, yeah. are you stooping at that point? Like, I'm sorry, but if you really wanted to, 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 to stand up for somebody who was raped at that house, maybe fucking don't go to the fucking party there. You know, like, and I know they mentioned it in the story about they're like, oh, well, what's your name doesn't go to that house because of it. None of y'all should be going to that house. Like, it's just sad to me to think that that's their way of fighting. That's their way of being feminist. It's kind of so superficial. And it's this, this new wave of feminism that I'm afraid is just a bunch of show and bullshit where mm-hmm. feminism has become a cool new hot idea. Mm-hmm. And- how they they do things like sing those fucking stupid songs. And again, like this idea that she could have just gotten away from the rapist if she just would have put a little more energy into it. Yeah. Other name. Because it's, yeah. so, it's so diminutive and so problematic to people who are victims of those types of traumas. And as someone who has survived this kind of stuff in my own past, I can say that like what I needed to learn more than anything else was that it wasn't my fault. And and this this film while touting itself to be a feminist film, kind of victim blames. Yeah. Wait, this was a feminist film? <laughs> so I'm with you, Jackie. I was, I was disappointed. And like I said, I think they were going for something good. And I liked the rhetoric. Like, so even like the, the, more you, the more you break us, the more you break yourself. At one point, Carrie Elwes says that to her when he's like lecturing her when she's all tied up about what, mm-hmm. why it's the women's fault <laughs> that the men right. are doing this, right? Because that's our society, right? Like it's your fault that we had to do this, right? Such a gaslighting mentality. Yeah. But I think it's a really interesting rhetoric. That was one moment in, this, in the film where I was like, huh, that gives me a lot to chew on because I think that's why so many women do fall victim to like misogynistic norms and like anti-feminist ideology is because they kind of buy into this idea that feminists are tearing at like the fabric of the the the, the nuclear family and we're right. want to set the world on fire and we're just a bunch of lesbians in our boots and our Lilith t-shirts and like I, I agree with you. I think that it kind of it it had so it was just so close this film. Yeah. But no, it was like the idea was good on paper. Right, right. That's perfect. Yeah. It was like it could have been something really cool could have really captured a moment well. Like the nasty woman, the grab them by the pussy, the sing the song in the fraternity house, the, you know, you break us and you break yourself, all the rape culture on college campuses. All of these ideas were so good. They just didn't fucking do them. They did them dirty. And I hate to say that because I hate to like tell two women that their version of this story was, was demeaning, you know, like who the fuck am I? But at the end of the day, when you really tear this film apart, there's still so many problematic tropes that they relied on. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I, you know, uh, and, and everyone 
that knows me and has listened to the show, they know how I feel about remakes. There have been very, very few remakes where I watched it and I was like, oh, that wasn't half bad. Um, you know, the 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 other remake of the Black Christmas movie isn't isn't great. I love it. But it's not terrible. No. Like this, this one makes me mad. This one makes me mad that they use the name Black Christmas. Like you literally are riding on a name. Absolutely. And and I'm not saying that your movie has to be like the other movies. You know, you don't have to. If you want to go off and do your own, I don't know. It's like it's like when fucking Kubrick made The Shining. He just used the name and then made his own movie. You know, it's like it it really bothers me that the name Black Christmas is associated with this movie because the original Black Christmas and hell, even the remake Black Christmas, like there's some meat on the bones there. There's something to think about and talk about and enjoy. This was just... Again, you know, I, uh, you know what, Amazon gift cards and Rice Krispie treats for the hour and 33 minutes that I'll never get back. That's what you can repay me in. <laughs> um, not going to happen, but <laughs> three words for you, garbage pale kids. Um, but at the end of the Bitch. day, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I think the heart of this film was in the right place. I think they tried to capture the spirit of the, of the original and modernize it, I just think they missed the mark. So it's like, it's, it's, it's almost painful for me to give this movie a shitty review because I, I'm such a sucker for feminist ideology. Yeah. And you know how much I love the original Black Christmas. I mean, it is one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's such a feminist as fuck movie. Like, yeah. it, so I, I kind of want to be like, if you're thinking about watching Black Christmas 2019, don't just mm-hmm. go watch the original. Please, and because the original is actually going to be more feminist and more uh, trans transgressive than this ever was able to be, and it's almost like it's not their fault. They just fall victim to the traps of like modern, like some of the very problematic traps of modern feminism, and that makes me sad. To, it makes me feel old, and it makes me feel like an old lady, like yelling at the clouds. But I think we are on the precipice of like we're we're raising this new generation of feminists, and I'm worried that like the film, they're kind of missing the mark a little bit here. And so I think that's an interesting, bigger conversation that I would like to explore more. This idea that modern feminism might be screwing it up a bit. But I also feel like what's crazy is that we are at a moment in history where the fight is going to be so big for women. I mean, yeah, God- like you, you, you almost want to, you know, it's like, I don't want to take, I don't want to take anybody out of the army. You know, it's like, I don't want to neither deplete our numbers in any way right but at the same time i don't know it's like it's like we got to make sure we're doing right by our selves and by our society and and again i think this film its heart was in the right place the message was in the right place but just a couple of things happened that maybe they weren't even aware they were kind of like shooting themselves in the foot because you victim blame you can't promote the rape culture you can't say that the men are victims, you know, like, and I know that the film was trying to say they weren't, but it kind of got, for me, it got, it got muddy. It really did. It did. You know, and, and I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right though. I, 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 this wasn't a good watch and I'm glad we got this one out of the way though, because I don't want it to ruin the 12 days of Jersey Ghoul's Christmas. Neither do I. And now it doesn't have to. But I will say the 2009 version or whatever year that was, that one's staying. I love that movie. (laughs) (laughs) That is a bloody good time. Now, well, you know what? Here's the the silver lining. Now I can say after having seen 2019 Black Christmas 
that the Black Xmas remake, it's a good movie. Right. <laughs> By default, good movie. Really makes the uh, the middle one shine. It does. I mean, I'm listen, I'm still going to stand by the original, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, it's a good time. Um, this is also a good time. I got to beg the audience here. I have a list of about 15 Christmas horror movies. I want to get to 25. That's my goal. My goal is to have 25 Christmas movies to share with my audience. If you have suggestions and know that I've got all the obvious ones on my list, hit me up with a good Christmas horror movie. Think outside the box too. Like um, I had a friend trying to rationalize to me why Home Alone should be a horror movie. Well, no, I love that internet theory that Kevin McAllister grew up to be uh, Jigsaw. <laughs> Can we put it on the list then? Do it. I fucking love Home Alone. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know what I also thought was funny too? I might pair each of these horror movies with a non-horror Christmas movie. Like okay. you just watched, you know, Anna and the Apocalypse. You should watch Bing Crosby's Way Christmas. What a <laughs> It's like a wine. It's like if they go together. It is wine and cheese. It is. So I've got big things planned for the holidays for us, Jackie. I That makes me excited. I am super excited because I don't know that I've watched a lot of Christmas horror. Right. I'm not a big Christmas person, you know, like I, I love I love, you know, giving the gifts and, and doing like the whole big meal and like the day is fun. But like in general, like I'm not like looking forward to Christmas. Like if it came and went and I wasn't a part of it, I've never been big on Christmas. Jackie. Oh, please be less surprised. I can't. It hurts. Really? I love Christmas so much. Really? Yeah. No, if it, like I said. Decorated. Nice. You know, like I said, I'll I'll put up a tree. Like it's all fun. Like I'll play along. But like if if for some reason my family was like, hey, we're not doing Christmas this year, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I'm still gonna go get eggnog because eggnog is like my favorite thing, but <laughs> <laughs> makes me go bleh. Um here's what I, I will say. Christmas movies are the best, Christmas horror movies are great. The way you're going, you're primed for a visit from Krampus. So you better hope that I can save you from yourself this season. Because I hate to see you get taken, dragged off to hell. I really do. It does, well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want that to be your end. Even worse, him or Belschnickel comes, you're in big trouble, girl. Like, Belschnickel? Belschnickel. Impish or admirable. Oh, Jackie. We have so much work to do before Christmas. Who the fuck are they? Belschnickel. He's the he's like the Dutch impisher. It's from the office. He's Belschnickel. Because I've watched the office. You have god damn it. <laughs> That's it. You know what? When Krampus comes for you, don't come cry to me. I hope by his evil elves and dragged into his terrible sled. Nice, thanks. Yeah, thanks you're welcome. You <laughs> thanks, best friend. That's wonderful. I'll come rescue you, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll dress as Belschnickel and come rescue you. Um, no, wait, I thought Belschnickel was bad. Oh, no, he's only bad if you deserve Like Krampus, he's only bad if you deserve it. If you're, if you're good, you get rewarded. If you're bad, he beats you. <laughs> with, his, with his little stick. That's, listen, we're going all out. The, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. The, the Jersey Ghouls Christmas Special 2020 is gonna blow your minds. I like talking Christmas. Really? I, you know what? Yeah, like, you know, like I said, it's it's not my favorite, but I say that now, and then like come December fourth or fifth, you know, we'll start putting the tree up. More Christmas commercials will come on, and like that little 
little sparkle of Christmas kind of happens. And I'm like, your eye. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is kind of nice. Like, make you come over. We're gonna have Christmas cookies and hot cocoa, and we're gonna watch Christmas movies one night. Yeah. Pro- for my sleepover. I'm- Four years for your birthday sleepover. Yes, done. You have full control. You are the couch commander that night. <sighs> so we're watching all the remakes, all the Hallmark movies. We're gonna watch Mean Girls, <laughs> all, girls all the rom coms. Oh, yeah. you're gonna re- you're gonna wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> oh. See, do you see what I do for you, little sparkle? Well, you love me. I do love you. Good thing. <laughs> Somebody's got it. <laughs> uh, oh, shenanigans. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. This is a little different. There's a little bit. Try mixing it up. Why not? Yeah. Surprisingly, I really, you know what I have to say, I- I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be very upfront. I was like fully prepared to like, fisticuffs argue with you about this movie because I was like dude like Chad and I were watching it and he and I was like dude I'm afraid Marissa might like this he's like are you fucking kidding me she's gonna like it I'm like it has so many Marissa elements in it I'm like I think I'm ready to fight like so I'm pleasantly surprised that we mostly agreed on this movie which doesn't happen often no it's funny I, I I think this is the kind of movie that people assume I love but I'm not I need a little meat on my bones you know you know, you know what? They shouldn't have called this Black Christmas. This should have been like Assassination Nation 2 Christmas Boogaloo. Why you gotta say something? Now why you gotta go and say something so horrible? <laughs> Assassination Nation is... That's it. <laughs> Just wanted to fight before the episode was over. No, you get what you want. <laughs> Wish, Jackie. <laughs> also, it's okay if it's called Electric Boogaloo. Just, right. Yeah. I call it Christmas. I call it Christmas Boogaloo. I'm taking Boogaloo back from the racists. I've decided they don't get to have the word Boogaloo. Boogaloo is racist. No, it's like all the militia groups use it as like a call to whatever. Because no. I hate it because we electric Boogaloo is great, and fuck you, you don't get to take our word. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, let's use our fighting energy on them. Yeah, that's a hill I'm gonna die on. Um. Yeah, we tried some different, um, I have to admit this is all my fault because I want to give a, a special shout out to my friend Mike. He was on, Mike Wiener was nice enough to join us from toying around and we recorded on dolls and dead silent and like a total dipshit. I lost the, 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 uh, the episode. My only defense, and this is a bad one, is that I was in the throes of learning how to teach all my classes and record through Zoom. And so I think my wires just got crossed and I lost a bunch of episodes. Um, to be fair, I mean, quick recap. I loved dolls. Marissa didn't like dolls. All of us thought Dead Silence was kind of boring and a little disappointing for being James Wan. On this total silver lining, I don't have to air publicly how afraid I am of creepy old dolls. That's true. Um, so I'll do it for you. Marissa's really afraid of creepy dolls. So, uh, Mike, you're going to have to get ahead and find that Teddy... Teddy Rockspin doll or some cricket doll and send it to to Marissa. Actually, no, we're going to send it to Marissa's husband and have him hide it in the house so Marissa can randomly find a creepy doll. I hate creepy dolls and I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And And on that note. (laughs) On that warm note. On that that little nugget of friendship. (laughs) I love you. I love you, guy. <laughs> I love you, buddy. 
Uh, same. <laughs> <laughs> Who's my cream puff? <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Okay, now, see, we we quote South Park, we come together. Better, yep, all has been forgiven. Everything is fine. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. Did you enjoy our ramblings in the beginning? Let us know, uh, because you can go on to social media, you can search Jersey Ghouls, and you can find us, and you can tell us what you thought. You can go on to iTunes, which would be fantastic, and rate us on iTunes. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcast app, Just search Jersey Ghouls. We are all over the internet. Yep, and don't forget that if you have a horror Christmas movie that you think maybe deserves a little bit of attention, shout it out to us because we are looking to fill our December calendar with all sorts of horror Christmassy goodness. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Bye-bye. listening to the Geekscape Network. 